Hey everybody, it's Tarika. We're in episode number 11, and this is a conversation with the magical Jeff Burns. It is so good to be back here with you. Welcome to the Dr. Tarika Show, helping you maximize your performance and find deeper fulfillment in life. How do I do that? By giving you content to help you grow, speak, and lead. Now today, I have another inspirational, if not magical, conversation served up for you. In 2018, I had the great privilege of delivering a speech at the annual Aberdeen LeaderCast conference. It was a talk on how to lead yourself and manage yourself well so that you max your performance and find deeper fulfillment in life. Now, during that event, I bore witness to another act that came on stage, which really impressed me. It was by a comedy duo who had an amazing ability to capture the attention of the entire room through magic, and at the same time, deliver powerful messages on leadership. I'm talking about Fifth Dimension, an organization where magic meets training. They use magic to captivate the attention of teams and organizations, inspire them and deliver massively powerful messages and metaphors on leadership, on safety and on working together. So I've been really intrigued. I wanted to record a podcast with one of them and I've been privileged to do just that. What you're about to hear is a conversation with a man from Aberdeen who's warm, funny, and very insightful. He and his business partner do magic all over the world. This is a conversation with Jeff Burns. Jeff, how are you? I'm great, thank you very much indeed. How are you? I'm great, I'm great. I'm really excited to be here with you. Jeff, we had the privilege of sharing the stage at LeaderCast Aberdeen last year, yeah. and um, I was really amazed by what I saw you do. But before we get into all of that, for those that haven't had the chance to meet you yet or see you, why don't you just tell everyone who you are and what it is you, you do? Okay, so I am Jeff. I work within a company called Fifth Dimension that I started with uh, my colleague Ivor Smith many years ago, yep. and another third colleague called Bill Duncan, who okay. is now retired. And um, yeah, we just get to do magic all day, whether it's entertainment, team development, safety, core skills, just a wide variety. And who do you deliver your shows to mainly? Who are your biggest clients? Biggest clients, probably because we're based in Aberdeen, I would say would be the energy industry. Mm. But as everybody knows, that's been a, a challenging industry for the last few years, although it's sure. definitely picking up, which is fantastic. Yep. Um, but other clients we've worked with are universities, schools, pharmaceutical, engineering, um, transport, aviation, just basically loads Wow! because everybody needs help. Everybody needs to try and engage and inspire their staff okay. um, with some fun workshops. Dial us into this concept because you are working with corporations, with big businesses, with teams who want to be serious and do some work. Yep. And for some reason, they call you guys in to make magic happen. How, how does this all mesh together? It's yeah. so, so interesting. It's a bizarre concept. And when we first meet people, we say we do magic and safety or magic and leadership. And they go, you do magic and what? And <laughs> you just see them blank or their eyes glaze over because they 
can't even envisage what it is. So already we fool people before we've even started. But basically, what yeah. we do is we, we say that we are the antidote to death by PowerPoint. Okay. Because so many people I'm have listening. gone into training sessions mm-hmm. and they see PowerPoint and it's just not very inspiring. Sure. And before you even are able to inspire people, you have to engage them. So mm. you have to get their interest. You have to get their attention. Totally. And so we use magic, humor, comedy just to get people's attention. Right. And as soon as they see it, they think, oh, you can see them just wake up and switch on and they think this is going to be different or this is not what I was expecting. Yes. And then we use the magic to deliver key behavioral messages or uh, key concepts or values. Yes. And one of the key things is, and um, there was a recent um, study in a psychology magazine that talked about this and it explained it beautifully. When people are laughing, they are uh, basically receptive to your message. Because right. you cannot laugh and disagree with something at the same time. Interesting. And the next thing that people do once they start laughing is they share that laughter with each other. Yes, it's so contagious. Originally, yeah. So immediately you get people sharing a moment with each other um, and enjoying that moment. And whilst that's happening, they're also taking in the messages. Fantastic. So what is it that you love most about what you do? That's a good question. I love... I'm passionate about helping people to be the best that they can be. Mm -hmm. And often that is by, we have very many self-limiting concepts of ourselves or about what we can achieve. And magic's all about the impossible. Sure. So as a magician, I have to start off with the impossible and think, how can I make that happen? Right. And in the same way, we're using that as an analogy to help businesses and people think about, okay, how can I achieve the impossible? Uh, And there's always a way to make it work. Sure, sure. So I I guess what that does is it shifts the needle in terms of mindset. Mm. Because it's quite natural for us to think about why something won't work, why we can't do it. I don't have enough time. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough resources or people or stuff. Or it's never been solved before. But I guess when you demonstrate an, an act or a trick, an illusion, you are completely shifting the paradigm of someone's mind whereby that which I thought was impossible can be made possible. Yeah. And it just opens people up to the possibility and opportunities that are all around them. Right. Um, And particularly in teams, you know, we're brought in to work with a lot of teams and to, to help change mindsets from a, you know, maybe from a lethargic position or a, there's not enough budget to do this or there's We've got no idea how to solve something. But most times people do know what they need to do to achieve what they need to achieve. But sometimes it's just giving them permission to do that. Okay. So the biggest thing that we are now saying to clients is we are brought in to create space for thinking to be done and for time to be spent dwelling on some of these different challenges and coming up with different ways of going forward. Amazing, amazing. I just think it's, it's so fascinating and exciting that you can fuse magic and work together that you know you you can entertain and inspire and help companies teams leaders generate results that they want i just think that's Mm. fab Mm. how did you get here what's your climb been like okay so (laughs) i am 49 years of age i turned 50 this year are you since looking good you're looking you're looking great (laughs) i'm glad this is uh 
podcast and not a visual cast. <laughs> <laughs> I have a face for radio, I think. <laughs> I think. So, ever since I was a, a kid, I wanted to be a chartered accountant. Okay. I love numbers. Numbers were my thing. Mm. In fact, for my mum ever wanted any peace and quiet, all she had to do was write out a page of sums and I'd be happily entertained for, right. for ages. Did you have an abacus when you were a kid? I probably did. Yes. I loved calculators when I was a kid as well. But I just love numbers. Always have, always will. Okay. And uh, one of the, the best tricks I do now actually involves numbers uh, okay. in an almost impossible uh, situation. But enough of that. So I wanted to be a chartered accountant. Um, I studied maths at school, was my best subject. I went on to uh, RGIT, as it was then, now RGU, yes. business studies. Okay. And realised that I could not do accounting. Uh, I was in my second year at uh, uni and I did not understand accounting at all. Oh. And to be a chartered accountant, you need to understand accounting. Right. So I thought, okay, I need to have a backup plan. So back then you had a year out in your business studies. So I applied to the banks rather to the, than to the accountancy professions. Uh, so got into a bank, worked with the Clydesdale Bank for a year. And not long after I started that, I got my results back from my uh, second uh, second year at uni yes. and I got straight A's for my accounts. Wow. So I realised that obviously I don't need to understand it, just do what you're doing because this <laughs> seems to be working. So I finished uni, I got a job in uh, an accounting firm, studied, did my CA, passed all that, then moved into industry and worked with oil and gas for a number of years, with yes. Agip for six years. Okay. Then I was asked to move into tax, uh, which is the impossible end of accounting, I think, and deferred taxation, which is the worst aspect uh, of taxation as well. So I moved into that, then I went into Talisman, was there for a couple of years, and quite quickly realised that I think I was coming to the end of my designs for a career as a chartered accountant. Ah. Um, but at the same time, we'd been building up Fifth Dimension by wanting to marry magic and training. Yes. So in 2004, I remember I had a bit of an epiphany one day and thought, there's never going to be a right time to give up a really well-paid job. So that day I went and handed my notice in and um, the rest, as they say, is history. And I've been with Fifth Dimension full-time ever since. Uh, that is that is amazing. Can you talk a little bit more about um, how you felt when you thought, I have a fork in the road here, I can stick with my career path or I can take a leap and live out my passion. How did you handle that decision? Because there are people out there that are listening to this yeah. who may be in a similar sort of situation. So I can only talk from my own experience. When you have decisions to make like that, you end up spending endless amounts of time on them, trying to work out what is the right decision. Right. And I think in my experience, there is no right decision. Okay. Um, you make a decision, you go with it, and then you make that decision work for you. Sure. So rather than it being the right decision, uh, you become the best you for that decision going forward. But for me, it was, I guess, the equivalent of running away to join the circus, moving from accounting and finance, um, which is very, uh, very much a regulated business, sure. to the creative world of magic and presentations. But it's kind of probably a more natural fit for my personality and, and who I am. So for me, it was an easy decision. But I did spend a lot of time thinking about it beforehand. And I woke up one morning and thought, 
there's never going to be a right time to do this, so might as well do it today. Chartered accountant gone magician and trainer. Yep. Massive, massive shift there. Yeah. Where did your skills and strengths for what you do now come from? So when you're in the business world, you are exposed to a lot of business thinking. So things like leadership, communication, how best to convey your point or your message, whatever that is. And in magic, you're trying to largely entertain people and give them a rest from all of that. But there's many magicians, I don't think, that have a lot of business experience and therefore can't tap into the corporate market. Right. Um, whereas for me, it was a very easy crossover because I was used to uh, engaging with CEOs, CFOs, and you know a whole range of different management within an organization and very comfortable speaking with them at any level. So in magic, I'm as comfortable, if not more so, speaking to them and engaging with them, uh, again, at whatever level needs to, to happen. So good. And you mentioned this at the beginning of our conversation, engagement is key. Getting mm. people's attention is yeah. key. And in my line of work, which is on a stage or running training, workshops, things like that, I'm a big believer in engagement because without engagement, there is no influence. Yeah, is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, in, in, influence in, in our line of work is a very positive thing. We're helping people make positive transformations, help them up their game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, isn't magic just one of the most amazing ways to get people's attention and get them to start <laughs> focusing? I would say yes, but, but I'm completely biased. <laughs> but I think what it does is it, it, it short-circuits the brain to think differently. Sure. Because you see something that can't happen or is impossible, yes. but you've just seen it happen in front of you. Yes. So therefore, more is possible than you maybe thought before. Sure. But linking it with the comedy as well and the let's share this moment uh, around the table or in the auditorium, whether that's working for a group of six people or you know 600 or 1,000 or however many, um, the energy levels in the room just start to increase mm. because we're fed up. We are all fed up of training that doesn't inspire, that's boring, that's um, run-of-the-mill sort of stuff. Mm. And people are looking for more than that. Mm. And the sort of training we do, most people know the material that we're delivering, but we're sure. trying to to remind them what's possible or or what they already know. And to do that, you've got to make it fun and enjoyable. I mean, look at kids. They love learning if it's a fun event. Totally. We don't change as adults. Right. But somebody just said years ago, this is now how we do training. You sit in a classroom setting and it's boring. and Forget all serious. Yeah, and that's not the way people learn. People want to enjoy. They want to be inspired. I mean, you still need to do regulatory training. So of if you're, well, I mean, obviously your experience as a doctor, you know, we don't want doctors coming in that have had such a great time at uni or they're training that they don't know any of the, <laughs> the life-saving skills. Sure. But there's got to be a balance. Yes. And there's got to be a balance with, with how we connect with people. Yes. Great. Many people listening in, they're leading businesses, um, they're managing teams, some folk are startup entrepreneurs, some people maybe considering to take the leap. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like juggling the two, the transition time when you were in employment and also building a business in your own personal spare time, your hobby time? What was that like? How did you keep the energy up? Um, that's a good question. I think 
for me, it was just what I was doing at the time. So a lot of people will talk about I'm an entrepreneur or doing this or that or I'm thinking like an entrepreneur. To me, it was just what I did. I, okay. I loved my job as an accountant at the time, uh, but I also loved performing in magic. And it was so different. It didn't feel, the magic didn't feel like a job at all. And maybe that's what made it then easy. I was doing something I really enjoyed. It was life. It was yeah. passion. I'm going along, being invited into people's houses or their businesses, having fun with them and then leaving and getting well paid. Yes. I'm thinking, okay, this this doesn't seem like work. This just seems like great fun. <laughs> so we ended up doing more and more of it. Again, probably because we were the only people doing that sort of thing in in like the, the Aberdeen region. Um, and it came a time when, when I left the accounting world, there wasn't enough money um, to pay me anywhere near the salary like I was earning right. um, by going into magic full time. But for me, it was a... It was a lifestyle choice. I wanted to have a bit more free time. I wanted to be more responsible for my own time, be my own boss, I guess, to some degree. But basically, sure. just meant I could come and go as I pleased. Um, yes. And have fun at the same time. Sounds great. Sounds fun. It was, yeah. <laughs> it is. And it still is. Yeah. And it still yeah. is. How many years on are we now? Uh, this is our 20th year. 20th so, Yeah, we set year. up in 1999. Um, and this is our 20th year. Wow. And I still love it. And you've been all around the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do. So a lot of our work has been Aberdeen-based. Yes. But we've been down to London, Lewis, across the UK, most of Europe. We did a heap of events over in Thailand and Singapore, uh, working for an oil company that was bringing five new oil rigs into the Gulf of Thailand. Wow. And we didn't realise this at the time. We were brought over there and uh, asked to do just one event. Yes. But oil and gas people work back-to-back -back crews, so one event is always two events. Um, and we did them a week apart. Uh, and we had a lovely time in Singapore. It was fantastic. First time I'd ever been there. Every time we go away, it's a bit like a holiday as well. So we're working, but it's you just enjoy the culture and the climate and all of that as well. And at the end of the second session, uh, the guy that took us over there said, uh, can I have a chat with you guys outside? And I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> what uh -oh. have we done? What is this? Can, yeah. I, can I have a word? Yeah, exactly. Oh, isn't that the can most wonderful, word? wonderful yeah. phrase ever yeah. to hear? Can I have a word? Uh, can you bring Ivor as well? Because we're like, uh-oh, what is this? So he took us outside into the hallway of this beautiful um, hotel that we're all kind of working in and living in. And he said, um, you see the guy at the back of the room? And we're like, yeah. He said, he's the, um, the managing... Uh, director of um, our company in Thailand uh, and he doesn't really say a lot but I just went over and had a chat with him and said you know what did you think about uh, Fifth Dimension and what they brought and he said yeah he said it was really good and I think it adds value to everything we're doing um, so the guy then said to us what you don't realize is we brought you over here as a test to see if it was going to work and oh, we now have right. five uh, rigs that we need to do this this event for three times per rig. So basically, there's about a year and a half's work if you want to partner with us and help us keep people safe and inspire them um, while we're going through all this um, construction work and then going forward. And we were like, wow. Now, I'm very wow. good with numbers, so I did the numbers in my head very quickly. Yes. And that turned into a fantastic contract for us. Superb. So we were over uh, across in Thailand once a month for about 18 months. 
brilliant experience. Oh, congratulations! It was so you were you were you were getting trialed and you didn't even know. No, I didn't know. But it worked out really well. And um, you know, just something you said there about inspiring and safety. You just put them in the same phrase together, and I think actually that makes a lot of sense. If we're talking about training people to be safer, Mm. then they've got to be able to pay attention. Absolutely. Or you've got to create an atmosphere where people's attention can be switched on, that it can be dialed in so that the information that that goes in doesn't just sit in their head and inform them, but it goes into them and transforms them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, wow, that's amazing. That's a great way to put it, transforming. It should be transforming. Right. And um, one of the tricks we do from a safety point of view involves a spike, and it's like a Russian roulette sort of routine. Uh, And the whole point is that somebody should intervene and stop us. Because from a safety point of view, if you see something that looks unsafe, you're supposed to then have a safety conversation. So some companies will call it stop the job or time out for safety or whatever whatever they call it. But they should stop the job. Um, And we've probably done that experiment about 1,500 times and less than 5% of the time will anybody stop the job. So at the end of it, uh, once we've gone through it, and we'll hear people you know, react in shock as we go through it. Yes. And um, But they still won't do anything about it. <laughs> and we then say, how many people felt uncomfortable watching what we just did? And most people in the room put their hand up and we say that's why many accidents and injuries are happening because right. good people like yourselves are seeing things like that make them uncomfortable but they're making a choice. And I use that word deliberately. They're making a choice not to do anything about it. Yes. Despite the fact we've all been to training where... The key point of the training is if you see something that looks unsafe, that's when you stop the job. And, and that's we gonna... then talk around all the psychology uh, that stops people from saying stop. And that's going to flip the switch in people's heads right there, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Well, really? people, we've met people that have seen us 10 years ago yeah. and they still talk about the trick and they talk about how it impacted them. And we just heard, we did an event for another client yesterday um, and we hadn't seen this client for two years, and he told us that one guy had stopped him and said that um, I just had a safety conversation with somebody because I remember these two magicians and the spike, and it, it, it all came flooding back to me. Wow. And so you think how that one thing has been really impactful to people going forward. Amazing. And they keep it in their mind. They will never forget it because it's linked with an emotion. It's and emotionally any learning. Linked that's linked with an emotion is so powerful. Totally, totally. And there's an example perfectly there of transformation, not just information. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People are fed up with information. Right. They don't want to be preached at, they don't want to be told, they want to be inspired. Yeah, totally, makes sense. Okay, I love defining moments. I'm interested to know, do you have any defining moments in life? Good question. So a lot of people say, oh, this moment happened or that moment happened or they, they pinpoint something. For me, there's been loads of things that have happened, but I think I'm more about the journey and all of these points have been defining to some degree. <laughs> That's great. But it's, it's much more about what are the opportunities around you that you choose to engage with rather than, oh, this happened or that happened. Because I think... You know, a lot of bad stuff can happen to people and and they can become victims. And then there's other people that bad stuff happens to and, you know, they become, there's a great Bible phrase, like more than conquerors. Okay. They, they use that bad experience and turn it into something great right. in their own personal journey as well. And I think for me, um, 
like my faith is incredibly important to me. My my love of God, and more importantly, his love of me, despite the fact I'm an idiot on many occasions, um, and just allowing him to to open me up to the opportunities that are around me wow. and to try and see things. And magic, everything that I have done has led from something else before it. So a choice that you make to decide to go along to a magic society, which I've now been a member of for nearly 30 years, has now changed my career change my outlook on life but these are all little steps in the journey rather than any one defining moment I think. Okay okay so what I'm hearing you say is that you're you're all up for being present you want to find joy in the journey you want to soak up every square minute every square second of experience and let that whole big story define you you're being you're in a defining moment yeah is that I think so. yeah the way that's, you think about it that's probably a really good way i haven't thought of it like that but that's probably <laughs> a great way to to explain it okay I, you know a lot of people you'll say to them where do you want to be in five years time or ten years time i haven't a clue i have no idea where i want to be in five years time or ten years time okay i want to enjoy now and get the maximum out of now and worry about tomorrow when tomorrow comes okay juicing life yeah squeezing every sunshine drop out of it okay sounds good so good what's a big lesson that you've learned from your journey thus far that you think is going to add value to those that are listening in without doubt it would be relationships right relationships are key to everything okay whether that's relationships with your family relationships with your colleagues, relationships with your clients. And that, for me, has opened so many doors um, that otherwise I don't think would have opened. Sure. And for me, again, being a Christian, my relationship with God. Right. And trying to to live out what does that mean in in practice. I remember one client I worked with, um, this was years and years ago, I was a clown, back in the day. I was so terrified of doing a magic performance for my very first one that I decided to dress up as a clown. Okay. And I thought, if it goes wrong, it's easier for a clown to get out of it than it is. And I also thought nobody would know who I was. No one would recognize yeah, you. Perfect. You were wearing a disguise. <laughs> exactly. But no, everybody could see clearly who it was. Um, but I decided to don this, the clown motley, as they say. And I worked for a client at a kid's Christmas party. So it was an oil company's Christmas party. And they brought me in just to, to do like a 15-minute magic show. And then the next year, they brought me back as well. And they kept bringing me back again and again. But at the same time, they kept not firing, but not reinviting back other people that had been there from the beginning. Because every other supplier or provider just annoyed them in some way. They oh, really? either became divas or they said what they would be willing to do and what they wouldn't be willing to do. And I was just happy to, to go along and, and just have fun with the children and just engage with them and give them a good experience and, and also make it really easy on behalf of the client as well. Okay. And eventually I went from doing like 15 minutes to now running the, the whole um, party for them. Uh, and wow. I still do that for that client. It's the only client that I do that for. And I've been working for them now for 20 years. But I was... Finding it amusing, there was another magician uh, was booked one year, and when he saw that I was there, he came up to me and he said, what are you doing here? And I'm like, oh, I've been doing this for a few years, and uh, this is the sort of thing I do. And he's like, well, why have they hired me in then? And he went off to the, com- to the client and complained, 
and said, why have you brought me in if you've brought this guy in already? Okay. Um, and the client came to me afterwards and said, yep, we'll never be using that magician again. Okay. So it just, don't be an idiot. <laughs> Life is quite simple. Be nice. You know, try and help people. Try and genuinely, and I hate the fact we've got to use that word now, genuinely care about the relationships that you have. Okay. Um, and you can't go far wrong. Okay. Authentic relationships. Yep. Listening and looking for opportunities. Mm-hmm. I, I had asked you before about your top tip for listeners. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Looking for opportunities, listening. I think there are opportunities all around us. If you can try and be the best that you can be, doors will open. Mm. So, for example, um, within Fifth Dimension, we wanted to create a really cool magic act that was about 15 minutes that we could then do at magic conventions for other magicians. Because uh, there other people doing these shows and they were really good and we thought, well, let's try and do this. Always have somebody above you or that has achieved more than you have. And then for me, I use that as a as like a marker to think, can I be as good as that person? What do I need to change or develop or to grow uh, to achieve that level of success as well? So we put a show together. Um, it was big. We were doing an illusion that nobody else was doing in the world. Uh, a lot of magicians had glamorous female assistants that they cut off, take their head off and all that sort of stuff. Uh, we did that to one of the three of us, and that was Bill Duncan. So he was put in a box, cut in half. Um, but normally these glamorous assistants, if they're, they're ladies, they're very flexible, they're very bendable, they can go into like amazing um, box illusions. Uh, whereas a guy, not so much, right. not quite as flexible. Poor chap. Exactly. So we did this <laughs> illusion and it surprised magicians. Magicians didn't know how it was done uh, because they, they couldn't work out what had happened. Right. Uh, Bill basically disappears uh, and then we, we prove he's disappeared from a, uh, from a box. Right. Um, but on the back of that, we were then invited to go to Hollywood to perform at, for magicians, our mecca, which is it's called the Magic Castle in okay. Hollywood, LA. Um, and it's an invite-only uh, performing venue. And it's for your peers, it's for VIPs, it's for celebrities. And we've been asked twice to perform over there now, over, I think it's about 35 shows we've done there. Fantastic. That then led to a show in Vegas, where we closed the bill uh, for one night only in Vegas. Wow. So we can literally say for one night only. That wow. led us to meet Copperfield uh, and see his show and then be his guests at one of his shows. Really? And then hang out with him afterwards. Okay. So every step leads to something else if you try and maximise your opportunities. Look for opportunities, yeah. maximise your opportunities. And they're all around you. So good. All right, here's a question I like to ask the guests that appear on this show. And that is that if I was walking through the airport and I looked into W.H. Smith and looked at the, the bestseller books yep. shelf and looked at the top shelf and there was a book, The Life of Jeff Burns. What would it be called? What would it be called? Wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously it'd be near the bottom shelf because that's the only shelf I'd be able to reach. And therefore, being a vertically challenged magician, five feet, <laughs> it would be called Little Me. Little me. Little me. I think that would best sum it up. And part of that thinking is, how can a a guy from Aberdeen, a little magician from Aberdeen, end up in Hollywood or Vegas or Thailand or any of these places? 
Um, I believe for me, God's a big part of that journey. Sure. Uh, the most important part of that journey. And it's also a case of a bit of self-deprecation, probably, thinking, yeah, little me has achieved some incredible things I never thought I would have. Sure. But it's also been, yeah, every part of it has been a step. One thing leads to another, which leads to another, which leads to another. I mean, you'll know yourself. You're invited into clients because of word of mouth. So yes. one event that you do leads to another event because somebody sees you and say, hey, Dr. T's got a really different way of getting that message across. Let's bring him in. And the same thing happens to us. It's, it's one thing leads, leads to another. And it's people, isn't it, that fill all those gaps oh, in, that, course, in yeah. that chain reaction. Yeah. And it's people often who trust each other yeah. that they can share these recommendations yeah. and, 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 then, and then word spreads. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of stuff done just now on like social media or marketing and all that sort of stuff. And I get that. But I'm convinced, or in my opinion, like I'm a magician, so I should understand the whole black box situation about how you can create something from nothing and all that. But I'm convinced that not many people genuinely know what's happening with regards to social media marketing. Okay. But people know what a referral is and a word of mouth referral when they see you. And if they like that or are inspired by it and they want to then bring you in to be part of their journey in their organization, that is worth its weight in gold, I think. Sure. And again, that's another great top tip for the listeners out there. Uh, and, and that is that, you know, when you're living out of your passion, when you're um, living by purpose or being powered by purpose, that, that has a real impact on those that you're serving. Yeah. And if they're impacted, then that's going to spread. Yeah. And, you know, there really isn't a replacement to just a genuine, simple word of mouth referral. Yeah, absolutely. But you said something else there that I think is crucial and some people are beginning to pick this up. Use the word serving. So you said people that you're serving. I sure. totally agree with that. Yeah. I think any performer or presenter is there to best serve the needs of his or her audience. Yes. Whatever that is. And that's, that is crucial. So I think when you have that serving or servant mentality, I think that opens so many doors as well. Awesome. Because it's all about people. Yes. Everything is about people. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely ca catching that from you. Uh, that really comes across when I saw you on stage last year. I just thought that um, you have, um, you know, a genuine care for people that you mm -hmm. are performing to. You're really here to add value to their life. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just thought that the way that you could connect with people, captivate their attention, give them a great time, let them laugh, let them um, uh, have a great experience, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and watch the magic, but then hear a powerful message or a powerful yeah. metaphor, then, that, then that, that, that shifts the way that they think and, does, and do life. Yeah. It, it's just a really, really exciting fusion. And I just think it's wonderful. Well done. Well oh, done, thank well done, you. Well done. Okay, so let's finish with this. What are you excited about right now in life? What I'm excited about, I, I just now the present. I love, <laughs> I love who we are just now as a as a company. I love my life and the balance that I have. My work life balance is fantastic. I've got an awesome family. I've got um, nephews that I love. I don't have any of my own kids, and I'm really delighted about that. Uh, but I love hanging out with my nephews as well. Oh, and, beautiful! Um, I love just the present, the moment. You know, we often think about what we don't have rather than what we do have. Sure. 
And, um, you know, I, not that you always think, oh, the glass is always half full or anything, because life can be tough for different people at different times, myself included. Sure. But um, there's so much good happening in the now that we miss because we're worried about the future or thinking about the future. So, yeah, I'm really happy. Joy in the journey. Yeah, absolutely. Joy in the journey. Yeah. So it can't good. just be about the destination. <laughs> by the time we get there, if we've not had any joy, we'll be exhausted. <laughs> so you have to, you absolutely, joy in the journey. Perfect way. I'm stealing that phrase. Okay, take it. Take it. It's yours. Jeff, thank you so much uh, for appearing here on the show and just sharing some of your life and top tips for listeners out there. It's been really great to have you. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Friends, there you have it. That was a conversation with Jeff Burns from Fifth Dimension. Magic meets training. And over the ensuing weeks, you're going to hear more inspirational conversations and motivational messages from myself. So if you're enjoying the content, click subscribe so you stay linked to the podcast. You can also catch me at Dr. Tarika UK. That's my Instagram page. And also, if you want to learn more about my services or how to book me for a keynote or workshop, you can catch me at my website at drtarika.com. Calm. With that said, it leaves me to say that you are amazing. There's treasure in you. So wherever you are, be exceptional, be the change. And I'm looking forward to catching up with you in the next episode. Bye.